Well, hello, godlings, and welcome back to another episode of American Gods. I'm your host, Michael Lanick, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Sarah, from Canada. Hey, godlings. How are you doing? I so. have a slushy. <laughs> I'll be in a sugar coma the entire episode, so be prepared. Yeah, if you hear a grunt <laughs> and um, a, a, almost a grimace of pain, it's because she's suffering from brain freeze. Which is pretty much every sip I take because I don't know yeah. when to stop. <laughs> right. So basically, um, I'll ask her a question. She'll be like, oh, ow, 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 ow. Like, oh, that wasn't the response I was looking for. However, I guess it's fine. I understand. You know, brain freeze happens. I get it when I eat ice cream sometimes because I'm too busy, like, eating as much as I can, as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. I really shouldn't do that. should enjoy it, you know, savor it a little bit at a time. But, yeah, no, who needs to do that? You just need to chow down. It's overrated. <laughs> right. All right, everyone. I guess uh, we are back yet for one more episode. As always, we keep uh, chugging along, hoping that more news comes out. But it is not. Uh, I, keep, I feel like a broken record every week, you know, it's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Hey, news might come, news doesn't come. News might come, news doesn't come. <laughs> uh, it's just what we're in. We're just in a dry spell. Um, as Sarah said before we started recording, we're in a blue balls kind of situation <laughs> here. Yeah. Um, Our b- we just... balls used to be tiger balls. Now they're spider balls. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh <laughs> So, uh, right, that's kind of where we're at right now. We just, we don't have no, we have no insight. Um, we're just in the waiting game like everybody else. One of these days, and we see it every week, one of these days, there's going to be a giant wave of news and probably new uh, trailer and things like that. And we just haven't gotten it yet, <laughs> you know? So, and we don't know when it's going to come. I'm assuming sooner rather than later. I have to imagine before the month of December is out, we're going to have something else and hopefully a lot of something else. Um, but we just don't know. And all we can do every week is just get to the news section and, and give you what we have or don't have. And that just happens to be a whole lot of nothing. One thing so. um, uh, Demore Barnes tweeted out, uh, or actually I think Brian Fuller tweeted it, but Demore Barnes, of course, retweeted Anyways, it's a picture of him sitting at his desk writing as Mr. Ibis, which looks pretty cool. I retweeted it onto the t- Twitter page, and yeah, pretty in love with how he looks. <laughs> right. Uh, before we get into the episode, we just want to talk a little bit about Patreon to you guys. Uh, we keep throwing it out there just because, you know, we don't know when someone's going to pick up uh, the podcast and start listening to it. It could be... This episode we're recording now, it could be at the very beginning. We just don't know. So we kind of keep talking about Patreon every once in a while just because we feel like uh, we want to make sure that you know that we're doing it and why we're doing it. So uh, Patreon is our chance to um, let you guys decide um, how we want to be funded as a podcast. You know, we didn't want to to do the the way that a lot of podcasts do with uh, having companies uh, uh, want us to do ads for them, yeah. you know, whether it be you know, like Squarespace and, you know, Blue Apron and all that. You kind of hear that a lot in podcasts, and that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, but we wanted to give you guys the opportunity to fund us and to hopefully subscribe to us through patreon.com. Uh, and in return, you get perks for whatever level of subscription we're talking about, whether it's $1, $3, 5 
12 you know, goes all the way up to, you know, over a hundred dollars. And, uh, that's in a month, by the way, when you subscribe, you get, that's a month per month basis. Um, and in return, you get, uh, all kinds of stuff. We have a bunch of things that, uh, are really great. You know, for instance, uh, if you're a subscriber, uh, you get the episodes before anybody else gets them on iTunes. So if you're like, man, I'm itching for that new American Gods episode, or I'm itching for that new Freaking Geeks episode, and I just can't wait to listen to it because they said they're going to be reviewing, you know, The Castle in the Sky, which we recorded tonight, you know. Uh, and I love that movie. You know, that's one of the benefits of uh, subscribing to Patreon is you get that, you know, a day or two in advance. Um, you also get... Uh, Added into the loot crate at five dollars or more per month, you get. Uh, we do a loot crate drawing every every month, and so at five dollars or more, you get added into that drawing. It's a random thing, and uh, and we do t-shirts. We have t-shirts. We have, um, depending on what level of subscription you're at, uh, you can say, hey, you know, for your next podcast, I'd like you to review this movie or you know, two episodes of this TV show. Uh, if you had another level up, you can actually come on the podcast and you can be a guest host and actually talk about that movie you love so much. So there's all kinds of things. So if you go to www.patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks, you can check out what we have there. We have a, we have a site. Uh, we have a video, an introductory video that kind of explains everything to you. You can see on the right hand side, we have all of our uh, subscription levels. You can read what you get. You can see what our goals are on the left side of the page, what we're ultimately trying to do with Patreon.com. So check it out. If it's something you think you're interested in doing, if you feel like you want to give back to us and help us out, because, you know, there are, um, you know, costs to doing this. It's upgrading equipment that we've been doing. We have monthly costs simply associated with doing these podcasts. We have... You know, we have the American Gods podcast, of course. We've got Freaking Geeks podcast. We have Stranger Things podcast, which we're doing, which is only for Patreon subscribers. Uh, we have uh, Friday Night Mics, which is the Friday Night Lights podcast. Uh, that we, we do that. Um, yeah, we've got a full slate, and we've got mini episodes that we do, which are for only uh, only for Patreon subscribers. Um yeah, look, I mean, that's the kind of thing that we like to do. And we're always looking to create new content. So uh, think about, uh, you know, checking out the site. And if it's something you're interested in um, and you want to support the podcast and support us, uh, please uh, feel free to do so. And uh, we're always very thankful for anybody that does. But we're simply thankful that you're listening as well. So never feel like you have to do it. Only do it if you feel like it gives you something and it brings you uh, a certain amount of joy and uh, content that you feel is worth paying for. So Yeah, and if you subscribe to a $5 level or above, uh, you're automatically entered into you know, win a monthly loot crate. Uh, this month, uh, Jake Jacob won it. So that's been sent to him. Uh, and then for December, well, we since I have a loot crate DX that hasn't been opened, um, that's going to be the giveaway for December. So stakes are a bit higher. So if you'd like to be entered into that, subscribe to us uh, at that level or higher, and you'll be automatically entered into winning that. So yeah, perks. Okay. <laughs> Perks are always awesome. So, all right, 
Um, let's jump into American Gods. So, of course, we get to we got to the news. There's really no news. We already did that. <laughs> so, uh, let's get into our um, recap for the Coming to America segment. All right. So, we've been away for a couple of weeks. Of course, last week we had uh, Thanksgiving. It was a little bit of a break for us. We did uh, some mini episodes about you know what we were thankful for and all that. And that was great. Um, but now we're back to the regular uh, scheduled stuff. And uh, the last time we did this, we did the chapter. It was a long chapter. Um, so we decided to let's do we decided to do the uh, Coming to America segment on its own in the next episode. And that's what we're doing here. So Sarah's going to cover and recap that Coming to America segment. After that, we're going to do a profile of uh, Laura Gilpin, who is... Uh, the actress that plays, oh, uh, what's her name? Audrey. Audrey. And ironically, she's yeah. named Laura. That's funny. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I totally butchered that. It was, it's not Laura. It's Betty. <laughs> Betty Gilpin. Pretty far right. from that. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe I you're guess. just thinking like it's Laura's friend. Right. Right. Yeah, that's probably what happened. <laughs> anyway, so as I butcher, uh, yeah, the actress is like, well, I will never talk to them. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to do a profile of her, you know, talk a little bit about what she's done in the industry and uh, what we think uh, and how she might do with the role. And then we also have a, a little bit of a discussion we're going to talk about when it comes to do you need to listen or not? Do you need to read American Gods or listen to the audiobook prior to the show coming out? And also, are there some other books out there? that you might like to read. It's not necessarily American Gods, you know, or um, has to do with the show, but maybe some books where the thematic content is similar or uh, it's simply a darker read like American Gods, uh, things that have maybe some ambitious, um, maybe morally ambiguous uh, stuff going on inside those pages. Um so there's a few suggestions I have for this, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to it. But uh, Sarah is going to take over now, and she'll cover the Coming to America segment. So take it, Sarah. All right. Coming to America. Uh, it's 1778, and Mr. Ibis writes, There was a girl, and her uncle sold her. Yeah, the story begins, uh, a war was in place, life is a commodity, and people are possessions. Uh, an uncle sold a set of twins. She was named Wu Tutu. I am going to butcher these names. Fair warning. <laughs> and more difficult names. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> and her brother was named Agasu. Because they were twins, they were told many stories as they grew up of the gods and superstitions and stories surrounding them and surrounding twins. Uh, so when they were sold, they joined 15 other slaves marching to an unknown destinations. Uh, many of the others whispered that they were being sold to white devils who had ran out of their own food and had become cannibalistic. And I can't help but slightly grin at the correlation that Mr. Ibis is, you know, writing about this. And he's played by Damore Barnes, who, of course, played Tobias in Hannibal and fought a cannibal. <laughs> that just made me smile. Uh, anywho, they were taken to a ship and separated. She was with the children, luckily, and he was with the men. And it was very lucky that she was placed with the children because this chapter makes it super clear that women were commonly raped. 
despite being a child, one of the men threatened to rape her, but I love her for this. She says, if you do that, uh, my down there teeth will cut, <laughs> cut your dick off for I'm a witch. Uh, and super, I had like, flashbacks of that B-rated teeth movie. <laughs> have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. You don't have to. Okay. <laughs> it's I, not really worth it, I've, but it's... I've heard about it. I just never watched it because that, that just the image. I just gotta get the image out of my head. Yeah, you'd be scarred for life. <laughs> it's pretty graphic. Uh, anyways, um, it works. It scares the guy, and he leaves her the hell alone. Um, once the ship docks, uh, they were permanently separated. She would only see him once again, but not in life. Um, Agasu was sent to a farm where he tried to escape, but, um, they caught him and they took a chisel and cut off one of his toes. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Real nice. Uh, when he refused to eat, they broke his teeth to pour gruel through to feed him. Uh, this is the part I don't get though. He's starving himself to die, yet he swallows his gruel when his- Whoop! No! <sighs> freaking cat <laughs> trying to push over the microphone <laughs> uh, and that that ladies and gentlemen is the cat so <laughs> you go over there he's like he's just being mischievous he's like i'm gonna drink your slushy i'm gonna ruin your equipment <laughs> okay sorry about that guys i don't know if that was probably loud uh anyways uh so he swallows the gruel, but his only options are to swallow or to choke on it. Um, wouldn't choking not produce the desired outcome in a quicker fashion? <laughs> but whatever, Agasu, I'm sure you know what you're doing. I'm just poking holes in your life story. Uh, so when he was 25, he uh, was working in the fields and a spider bit the back of his hand. And it became infected and necrotic, and they had to chop the entire arm off up to the shoulder stump. Awful, nasty. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's painful. That is right. <laughs> you know, I, even if it needs to be done, ah, uh, man, that that. Mm. And I'm sure they weren't nice about it either. No, they're not gonna have like surgeons tying veins off or anything. It's literally just chop, sear, go back to work. <laughs> like, oh. But, um, let's see. So, yeah, they chopped the arm off. Uh, in his life, he was called many names. Um, and he took up the last name, uh, Hyacinth. Boy, I'm going to ruin these. <laughs> <laughs> Hyacinth. Uh, and he took place in the slave revolts of 1791. They fought for 12 years and eventually won. But he didn't live to see it, dying a year short in 1802 being bayoneted by a French soldier. Uh, so when Wututu was 25, uh, her right arm withered and became this skeletal arm covered in skin for unknown reasons. Um, so she was sold to the Lavier family, which was a better family to be a slave to. They kind of turned a blind eye to her, you know, selling charms, cures, and things from her own cultures, like little spells and stuff. And, um, you know, they didn't hurt her, beat her, or anything. She'd been with an abusive family, been raped several times, so this was a family that at least, you know, didn't hurt her. They just, you know, sure, she didn't have freedom, but she wasn't, you know, 
direct danger all the time. Uh, they called her Suki. Um, and, you know, she was had a little bit of freedom. Like, they let her do that. At night, she'd go out to the bayou with more of her people, dance and perform their own traditions. And she ended up bearing quite a few children, which... That just kind of blows my mind. You're you're a slave, and in that kind of situation, why would you even bring children into the world? But I can assume sometimes you probably don't have a choice being a woman. But but yeah, that's my beef with that. <laughs> uh, so the the family she was a slave to, they their children grew up under her care, um, but one of them couldn't say Suki, so instead they called her Mama Zuzu, a name that stuck. Uh, and so a woman, uh, the widow Paris, uh, she visited her a couple times a week, um, seeking her guidance, um, her words of wisdom, her charms, and eventually she started teaching the widow Paris, um, uh, her spells, um, the meaning behind them, uh, different, you know, uh, different, like, brews and stuff like that, like all this kind of witchy kind of stuff, and, uh, but she couldn't appreciate the history behind them, which is, you know, big mistake with that kind of stuff. That's the heritage behind it's the most important part. But they went to a swamp bathing in mud. Yuck, swamp mud. That's what I, my idea of a good time, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess exfoliating. Ooh. That crocodile exfoliate the skin right off you. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they were thinking that back then. <laughs> Probably not. But she finds a black snake, their voodoo, and Madame Zuzu uh, looks up at the moon and she sees her brother as he is now, like this big hulking guy with one arm. And she says to him that she'd soon be with him. And that's the end of the Coming to America segment. Yeah. There you go. It's uh, not the happiest segment in the entire book, that's for sure. No, I cut out the little bit at the beginning, just, it didn't seem pertinent, but it starts off with, like, comparing, you know, men with wholesome values who also at the same time would kill, like, Jewish people with the ovens and the showers and just, it's really a depressing story. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Um, it's it's just, it's not one of those stories that uh, you know from the get-go is going to end well at all considering <laughs> yeah. everything that you're starting to read about um and it's it's just not good but you know what it's an interesting segment anyway and yes. uh, I like I still like it quite a bit I mean I have my favorite coming to America segments it's probably not my, at the top but I still do enjoy it I think all the coming to America segments he has written for the book are really good so um but it's still a really good one, and uh, you have a lot of compassion for these characters, even though. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely really good. So, uh, good recap, good job. <laughs> I feel like I got a gold star just plastered on my I, forehead. <laughs> I, I have I have a thing over here. Yeah, it's I make a little mark. Good job, you know, for you. So don't yeah. punch her. Yeah. <laughs> She lives one more day. <laughs> right, right. You still get to be my host, co-host, I mean. So, <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, when I was a kid. Uh, did you guys have a – we had a thing down here. I think I still do it. It's called Book It. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, it's this program that where they would have kids read books 
especially when you're in, I think, elementary school. And when I was a kid, like, you would have to pick a book and you'd have to read it. And if you read the book um, and you could talk about it sufficiently, you would get a gold star. And I think if you got so many in a week or something like that or whatever, I can't remember the exact uh, details, but you would, uh, we would get a um, certificate for a, a personal pan pizza at uh, um, Pizza Hut. So, yeah. Um, they didn't give us anything. Like, we were just told to read, and if we didn't, they looked us down a disappointment. Right. So, <laughs> no pizza in it for us. Right. So, I, I did that a lot. I got a lot of, I got a lot of <laughs> uh, Pizza Hut, uh, free pizza, like, um, personal pan pizza coupons or whatever. So, it was pretty great. Uh, so, uh, if I was like your parents, I'd just be like, swipe free food. Right. <laughs> Right. So yeah. Anyway. Um. So yeah. You don't get a personal pan pizza thing, but you do get a gold star. So good job. All uh, right. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Betty Gilpin. So uh, Betty Gilpin um, was born on July twenty first, nineteen eighty six, in the United States. Uh, she has done some different things. She's been acting for a while. Um, she graduated from Fordham College in New York City with a bachelor's in, of arts degree. So that's actually pretty, that's pretty cool. Bachelor's in arts. You know, it's like she went to school for that, but she ended up, you know, being an actress or she was doing it simultaneously. So. Wouldn't the Bachelor of Arts be kind of close to him? Like, there's so many different segments to Bachelor of Arts. It's probably one of those. Mm. You might be right. Yeah. You might I'm be right. so crazy. I don't know. It's different. Maybe it's different up here. I don't know. But come on. We know you're crazy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, gee. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So, 2008 is when her first uh, role ended up uh, getting her first one. It was for a thing called Death in Love. She was a young model. Um, and then she did uh, New Amsterdam, which is a TV series. She did one episode there. She did Ghost Town, which was a World War II nurse. So just a small bit in that. Right, right. Uh, she was on Fringe 2008, uh, which is fantastic. Um, she played the role of Lorraine Daisy. In the episode, The Same Old Story. Um, I love Fringe. Um, it's a fantastic show. And, yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, I love it. So um, so it's pretty cool she was in that. Especially a pretty big role to land. You know, it's a very notable show. So the fact that she got that role, probably, I mean, it, it really helped her. And I know it did because you're, you see the quality in her roles just stepped up quite a bit after that. Right. So after yeah. that, she does Possible Side Effects, which is a TV movie. She, then she did Law and Order Criminal Intent, Criminal Intent, which is uh, or was. I mean, it's not really. I don't think it's going on anymore. But uh, that's a really big or was a really big show down here. So the fact that she was in a couple episodes there is really cool. Uh, the funny thing is that she played two completely separate roles. 2006, she played Amanda... Uh, Doherty, and in 2009 she played Stacy Hayes Fitzgerald. So 
it's kind of funny that they had her come back for two entirely different roles. But, you know, it happens from time to time, actually. It's not that surprising. Still enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then she did The Unusuals, which was a TV series. She did a, an episode there. Um, she went and did The Northern Kingdom. And then she did the regular Law and Order, the, <laughs> the original Law and Order, which was the one that started in, I believe, like 1990. So um, she was that. And again, in 2009, she was in. So it was like 2009, she did Law and Order, Criminal Intent. 2009, she did Law and Order. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure they probably like had dyed her hair, made her look completely different. But it's just it's funny. I just think it's uh, pretty funny that she was in two law and order shows at this in the same year so <laughs> then she did the good wife uh big show down here uh she played the role of molly in the episode titled painkiller 2010 uh then she did the past life a tv series she did an episode there she did future states a tv series a one-off episode as well as uh medium in 2010 again a one-off episode Okay. Yeah, she's got law and order, and then and the next one, it's a different law and order. Law, law and order special victims unit SVU. <laughs> Again, I mean, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, you know, it's just not something I expect to see. Um, and that was in 2012, so she did that there. So she did uh, Beach Pillows and uh, Take Care and My Day. All in 2014. She did True Story 2015. Uh, Nurse Jackie. Uh, she had a pretty decent run here. 34 episodes on this show. And let's see. Uh, she started in 2013 and it ran through 2015. So she had a pretty long run there. That's a, 34 episodes. I mean, obviously she came on to that show and she pretty much was a series regular um on that until the very end and i think nurse jackie showtime i believe that was probably like a 12 10 to 12 episode per season kind of thing so she was basically a series regular for three seasons that's pretty good like steady gig for a while yeah and that's a notable show by the way yeah um yeah so then she did the walker tv series she was on there for uh eight episodes she did uh Albert Cummings Project, which is like a video short in 2015. She did The Mysteries of Laura, which I think is hilarious uh, because we just did Gilmore Girls Review. And uh, I remember Rory said that somebody gave her a copy of The Mysteries of Laura. And she was like, is that a TV show? Like, what? Because she didn't even know what it was. So I think that's kind of funny. Um, and she's also the friend of Laura. Right. And uh, Mercy Street TV series, a couple episodes there. She did Masters of Sex, which is eight episodes um, on, um, and I think she's actually, I just, Still in it. I think so, because I, th- I swear I just saw an episode, I think she might be the person I remember seeing. I'm kind of off and on on that show, and that I'm like, I watch a few episodes, and I kind of forget about it. And it's a really good show, I just, it's one of the, I have so many shows that I watch, that it, some things just don't make it on a regular basis. Um, yeah. Then she, Elementary, which she's done a few episodes of that. What, four episodes? Yeah, four episodes. And Dream Team, a TV movie, Future 38, which is in post-production. Um, GIOW TV series, which is filming. Um, 
and of course American Gods, which is still says it's filming. Of course. So, uh, yeah. Um, obviously, we've got somebody here who's in pretty high demand, or at least it appears that way, because she's got some steady work here. She's got some notable TV series, including Nurse Jackie, Masters of Sex, Elementary, American Gods. I mean, this is somebody who's obviously doing some good work. People are noticing, and um, it appears like she's going to continue to be in high demand. So I, I think we've got someone here who's obviously got a pretty good um, caliber of actress. And I think we can expect uh, that in terms of the character, I think Audrey is in the book. She's kind of uh, crazy, <laughs> I guess. I mean, she's, I mean, I, I understand Audrey's pain. I understand what she's gone through. I have a lot of sympathy for her in one end, but spitting on, on her face, Laura's face at the funeral, um, kind of laying all that out on, on shadow the way she did. Uh, and of course there's some stuff that we're going to see here. I don't want to give anything away, but, uh, she does come back into play in the book at some point. And, uh, so her character is just nuts. <laughs> so I'll be interested to see what she does with it. And if the rule expands or it's, it's altered in any way from how she's presented in the book, um, if she's the same person that I remember seeing in Masters of Sex, and I think she is, I, I'm pretty impressed by what she did there. I remember thinking, uh, I just watched an episode, man, no, two episodes, uh, a week ago, and it was from this past season. So, um, I think we've got a pretty good person here for Laura yeah, or for Audrey. She's, I mean. It's a small role. Like she's only going to be in two episodes listed so far. Uh, who knows in the next season whether she'll be in a bigger part or whatever. But yeah, and like she's done really good small bit roles, and she's kind of building up, you know, a decent resume with these this last year or two. And she's still really young. She just turned thirty this year, mm -hmm. so she's kind of up and coming still. Right, and you know, not everybody that hits the big time hits the big time when they're twenty two years old. You know, yeah. I mean, especially if you go to high school and you go to college and and you kind of get your start later, which is what she did, because 2008, you know, you know, when she was OK, so 2008, you know, that's what, eight years ago. So she was, yeah, I mean, she was 22 years old. That's when she first got started. You know, if you're not out there, if you don't make a big uh, um, kind of ripple in the pond or very early on, um, you get lucky enough to get cast in a huge movie and boom, you've got this gigantic thing on your resume that you can point to and say, I was in Star Wars or something, Force Awakens. You know, like that, you can walk into, uh, into an office, sit down and say, I was in Star Wars, The Force Awakens, you know, give me a role. So like when you have huge things like that, it's a lot easier to kind of get a jump, you can get a jump start on, your career but if you're starting really small you know and you don't get lucky enough to be in something that ends up being bigger you know it's like you're in something where it's a small role and it's a small movie but then it ends up you know being nominated for best picture at the oscars yeah i mean that's a it's a, a pedigree thing i mean that's a huge moment you can use that 
okay? But um, when you're kind of just building on little things, little things, little things. Oh, I got a pretty good TV show. Okay, I'm moving up. The quality of my stuff is getting better. Okay, a little, you know, bigger thing, bigger thing, bigger thing. Oh, man, I'm I'm on, you know, Nurse Jackie. Uh, bigger thing. Oh, I'm in, you know, Masters of Sex. So next thing you know, not, you know, so that's what's happening here. She's kind of hitting that point where um, she's a good actress. We're seeing that reflected in the roles that she's getting and um, – not just the roles, but it's the quantity of the TV shows that are casting her. And, you know, you're talking like three or four years, at the past three or four years, she's getting huge roles in big TV shows. So obviously people are seeing what she's doing. They're saying, hey, this is a good actress. I like what she's doing. We need her to get her, we need her on our show. Call her agent. Get her on here. Uh, get her in the office. We'll see what we can do. And uh, that's what's happened. And. I think we're in good hands when it comes to Audrey. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a small role, but I think she'll do it just fine. Right. Uh, okay. So let's jump in or jump away from the profile. Let's go into what I wanted to talk about today, which is, do you need to read or listen to the audiobook If you're not a, a reader and you like to listen to audiobooks, some people do that and that's certainly fine. Do you have to, in one way or another, digest American Gods before the show comes on? Is it one of those books where it's there's so much in there that if you don't kind of get a head start by reading it, you're going to feel lost in the TV show? And look, we don't know, right? We haven't seen the pilot. We don't know anything, right? So who knows? They could, through exposition, manage to get across all that information and not require you to sit and read this book. But then again, depending on, you know, how dense it is and how well they get across this information, you know, it could be. But right from the get-go, if you had to pick one way or the other, which do you think it would be? Do you need to read American Gods before the show comes out? Or do you think you can actually sit down and just watch the show and still be entertained and understand all the everything that's going on and not feel like you're lost? I think Brian Fuller, like, he'll be able to construct it in a way where it, of course, will take greatly from the book, but will be ha- be able to stand on its own. Like, if you'd never read any of the Hannibal books and walked into Hannibal, the TV show, that's fine. I mean, he'll confuse you in his own crazy ways. <laughs> you don't need to have any guidance for that. <laughs> Uh, he has his own, you know, flair and his own style, and but he is very good at creating a story you can follow. And so he's not just going to be like, yeah, I expect this audience to know all the gods already, and we're just going to, you know, go full force without introducing you to anybody. I couldn't see that happening. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I guess that's true. I think if we're looking back on the shows he's done, uh, especially with Hannibal, um, having a knowledge of storylines in the books that he's adapting adapting from, like Red Dragon, uh, it's probably helpful, but it's not entirely necessary because we know he takes uh, detours from the source material or takes something that happened in the book and changes it or combines it with something else. 
and uh, you know puts his own spin on it. So I guess I can see him doing that here as well. Um, and we know that he's going to be taking other uh, source material like Anansi Boys and uh, Neil Gaiman being involved. He's obviously going to be assisting with giving him information, which we know is going to help him flesh out the series and kind of add more content and, and give give himself more room to work with, uh, certainly more real estate in terms of the, of the book and source material. Um, so I guess you don't really have to uh, read the book, or I guess in this case, kind of books, really. Um, so I guess I'm not, yeah, Brian, I'm not worried, I guess. Brian Fuller's creative style seems like, when it comes to the story, it's he creates like a pendulum-esque story where you know there's a storyline that you know may pre-exist and he'll you know swing away from it like a pendulum but no matter what it'll always cross back into that storyline and remain true to the original storyline like i can't see him going crazy off into no man's land with this <laughs> yeah i i think <sighs> He's always more about the spirit of the book or source material as opposed to being slavish in the adaptation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we saw that on, on Hannibal, but it never bothered me. And I don't think it really bothered you, did it? No, <laughs> it's perfection. Right. I can never argue with Hannibal. Right. Well, see, but that's the thing, though. I mean, there are people out there that, that do think that. There are people that are very um, anal about things being adapted just like they were in the book and the problem is they often fail to realize that that doesn't always make great tv and your first and highest priority and i hate to say this because some people won't agree with me but your your biggest priority i think in the long run is to make a good tv show and just staying slavishly faithful to the source material doesn't necessarily mean that what you're going to see week to week is going to be any good. You have to know what works and doesn't work on your on a show, and it, just by sticking straight to the book doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be any good. And I see that happen a lot more often than than people think. So I, I think what we have to to realize here is that Brian is going to take all the elements in this book and the characters and the storylines, and he's going to adapt them in the best way possible while still making the very best TV show he can make. Um, and I think that's an important thing. I, we're kind of going into a new subject here, which I guess in a way is how faithful does he need to be on this show to the book? And I, I guess what we're really coming down to is he doesn't really need to be that faithful. I mean, hit all the big things that are important, the whole plot points that really matter, um, have the general framework um, of the entire story, but beyond that, feel free to improvise and be creative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I don't, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. I don't think he's going to... You know, ruin anything. He's not gonna stick 
to the book exactly that wouldn't make the best TV. He knows exactly what to do to make it work and be adapted perfectly for television. Yeah, I think that's probably the best we can hope for, really. <laughs> um, I'm not worried because I know he's going to do a great job. Um, he seems to me to be somebody who's very committed once he's doing a show to make it the absolute best show possible. Um, he wouldn't commit himself to doing American Gods if he wasn't um, planning on making this every bit as wonderful as Hannibal. Okay, so to me, I think having Brian on this show as showrunner is the very best thing anybody could ever hope for. I, I, I mean, there are other great showrunners out there. I just honestly don't believe that there is a showrunner right now who could do American Gods better than Brian Fuller. And, you know, yeah. and, uh, look, Amen. and all the people out there, hey, feel free to disagree. And if you do, hey, that's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we, we like discussion and, and we don't necessarily um, need or want everybody to just like nod their heads and agree with what we're saying. Um, if you have a differing opinion, if you think there's somebody that could do a better job than Brian, hey, feel free to write into us and let us know what you think. You can email us, you can drop a voicemail, whatever you want to do. And let us know what you think because, hey, there might be other people that you might point to and say, these are great. You know, these are Someone like this would be perfect as a showrunner for American Gods or maybe you feel like someone else's vision from other shows that they've done could do a better job. And, hey, that's great. Maybe we could have a discussion about that on you know one of the next episodes, if not the next episode. So, uh, yeah, feel free to send in some feedback about that because we would definitely like to hear from you. Um so that being said, what are some other books that are out are out there that might be good to read? That if you're looking, okay, you just finished American Gods, maybe you read uh, that really quickly, and you're looking to devour something similar-ish, I guess. Um, what books out there are really good? So I've got a few books here that I've read that I think. If you've read American Gods and you're looking to read something that uh, will give you a similar feeling, um, these are some titles that will really be good. So the first thing is, of course, Anansi Boys. Now, this is a big book, and I guess I'm mentioning this first because it does tie into the show. Because uh, Anansi Boys is a book that was written after American Gods, and that is going to be something that's going to be incorporated into the show. Now, I th yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, um, that is probably something that is going to be beneficial. And again, not really necessary per se. Now, another book series that I would say is something everybody should read is the uh, Dark, His Dark Materials by Philip Pullman. Have you read his Dark Materials? No. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, his Dark Materials is actually uh, one of the best series I've ever written or ever ever read. I didn't write it. Oh, I wish I read. It. I wish I wrote it because it'd be amazing. Um, and then you'd be rich. Then I'd be rich. Um, I read this uh, about eight years ago, and I've reread it about four more times. So it's uh, three books, and uh, the first one is The Northern Lights. The second one is um, 
the subtle knife, and then the third is the amber spyglass. These are fantastic uh, books. There's more like a, a steampunk setting feeling to the to all of this, like a bit of an alternate world thing. Um, Lyra uh, Balakwa, who's the the main character, this young girl, she's about uh, eleven years old or so, twelve years old. Um, she's fantastic. She has such a great personality. Um, oh, so uh, they have these things called uh, demons, which are yeah. They appear like they are with you always. They're like, like okay, um, it might be a it might be a, a little cat or something. It talks to you. It can you can speak to it, and it is really, you're. It's almost in a way kind of like a reflection of your soul and who you are. If you're angry, it might shapeshift into a angry feral cat or it might turn into an eagle and swoop down on somebody who's uh, making you angry or something like that. Like it's a reflection of your personality and who you are and everything. And it's such a wonderful series. So I, I can't possibly give it any higher praise. It is really, really good. So I would definitely say check out... Uh, the Northern Lights. Check out. Uh, it's called his dark. His dark materials, um, as a series title. Um, it's just fantastic. Uh, I guess a book I could recommend. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it's close. Um, but this is a book I've always found fascinating, and it's got this dark sense of humor to it that I enjoy very much. Uh, it's called A Dirty Job by Christopher Moore and. I remember this book and being on the bookshelf catching my eye because it's this little, it's this, uh, on the outside, it's this cartoony-esque drawing of a, a little pink uh, pram with like a baby death in it. <laughs> and it's adorable and terrifying. Um, basically, it's about this guy named Charlie Asher. Uh, he's a normal guy, uh, a little hapless, somewhat neurotic, sort of a hypochondriac. And he's what's known as a beta male, the kind of fellow who you know makes his way through life by being careful and constant. Uh, you know, the one who's always there to pick up the pieces when the girl gets dumped by the bigger, stronger alpha male. Yeah. Uh, but Charlie's been lucky. He owns a building in San Francisco. He's married to you know a beautiful wife, and they're having their first child. So yes, he's doing okay for a beta male. Uh, that is, until the day his daughter, Sophie, is born. Just as Charlie, exhausted from the birth, uh, turns to go home, he sees a strange man in a mint green golf wear outfit at Rachel's hospital bedside. And this man claims that no one should be able to see him. But Charlie does. And from here on out, things get, like, really weird. People start, like, dropping dead around him. He sees giant ravens perched on his building. And, you know, this dark presence, like, whispers to him from streets. And, you know, strange things starts happening. And his, like, insane employees start acting weirder than usual. And it's, uh, he takes on the role of death, essentially. He, that's his new job. And, uh, it's basically all about him raising a child while being death. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious, dark, and, you know, very witty. I highly recommend it. Alrighty. And so I have two more things to recommend here. One is a uh, graphic novel called Fables, Legends in Exile. 
So, um, anything like the game fable? What it is? Well, no. What it is is um, in fables, what we have is a lot of. Okay, do you know uh, what's the TV show um, with all the the characters in that town? All the uh, what? <laughs> that narrows it down. Well, like all the famous characters from like. You know, books and and uh, like the Snow White and the oh, Once, Once Upon, Upon a Time. Time. This is very reminiscent. This came out before Once Upon a Time. So what this is is um, fairy tales. All the characters from fairy tales and from lore um, have been exiled from their homeland, and they now live in modern New York City. And um, hmm. so, for instance, you have uh, Snow White's sister, Rose Red. And you have, uh, or I'm sorry, Snow White's sister Rose Red is brutally murdered, and uh, the big bad wolf uh, tries to track down the killer. So you have a lot of people in there, a lot of different fairy tale creatures and people that uh, you'll know instantly. Um, It's dark, it's gritty, it's a detective comic, all kind of ruled into one. So it, it's really good, though. It's something that a lot of people, I think, would like if they like American Gods. Now, that's the first one. The second one that I really like is um, Summerland by Michael uh, Chabon, who was an excellent, excellent writer. And in a lot of ways, this is kind of like American Gods light. So that's why I'm kind of saying it last. So this is about, it's like the kid-friendly version of American Gods, I guess, in a way. Um so what it is, it's about a kid named Ethan who hates baseball. Um, but uh, Jennifer, who's someone he knows, loves it. And uh, they have these big problems when they find themselves in a, bar, a bizarre world and called uh, American Fairy, where they confront werewolves, wendigos, sasquatches, and all kinds of other creatures. And... It's just a fantastic mishmash of American mythologies. I love this book. It's really, really great. I think you should definitely check it out if you like American Gods and you're looking for something that's well-written and kind of a little more fun, but uh, still thrilling and exciting. Check out Summerland. Check out Fables. Check out definitely uh, His Dark Materials trilogy by Philip Pullman. And uh, I think that's just some recommendations I think we can offer our readers if they're kind of like sitting around saying, you know, I can't wait for American Gods to come out on TV. And, you know, I read the book a few times recently. Maybe I'm looking for something different. Well, check those out. I think you really like them. And uh, if you do check them out and uh, you like them or hate them, you know, let us know. know, Tell us what you think. So I think that really comes down to it for this podcast episode yep (laughs) i'm sorry it's so short every week guys we just there's no news to talk about rant about so we just try and take any little smidgen of anything we can make into news or talk about for american gods (laughs) yeah i mean look we have some angles you know i want to get to before the show comes out uh, some things I want to talk about when it comes to the show. I guess I could talk. We could do it now, but there's some things that I really want to get to right before the show airs, and so I don't want to, I guess, play my hand now with bringing these subjects up, and so I'm kind of holding off. Um, 
but look, look, there isn't a lot for us to talk about when it comes to the show because we don't know anything. It's look, it's been two months or so, if not longer, two and a half months or so, <laughs> three months. I don't know. It all it's all big blur uh, since we last had any significant news, with the exception of the occasional casting thing or picture. Um, we haven't really had anything, so there's not a lot we can do on that front. You know, we don't have any special. A connection to the show. We don't have an insider who's given us tips. Um, so we're just doing the best we can, really. So all we can say is just stay tuned, keep listening to the podcast, and look, feel free to give us some feedback. Send us in emails, send us in voicemails, get a hold of us on Twitter, uh, do all of that. And, you know, I think if you keep listening. We'll eventually get something, you know, next week or the week after. Some point, Fuller's gonna release a just giant wave of of information <laughs> and images and video and all that stuff. So uh, hopefully we will get some good news and there'll be a lot more to talk about because we'll have actual substance uh, to the news segment. But until then, all we're going to do is keep doing what we're doing. We're going to do the uh, book recap chapter by chapter as we keep doing it. Um, and, uh, we'll just continue to talk about American gods and keep giving you some kind of content each week and just do the best we can. And, you know, we've got subjects to talk about. We've got some, you know, interesting things that I've been thinking about when it comes to discussing like tonight, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, what's the difference between, um, you know, a good TV show and a bad TV show when it comes to adaptations and how slavish do, do they need to be and, and, uh, how, much room can they do whatever they want with and still make a good show. And I think uh, we talked a little bit about Hannibal and how that worked out and how that might apply to American gods. So I think we have a, a good idea of what we might be getting when it comes to just the, the faithfulness to the source material. So, and the book thing was just something I thought would be kind of interesting. You know, if you like to read and obviously if you're reading American gods, then you must like to read a little bit. So there's just a few things out there that I thought might be interesting to kind of toss out to you get you readers and people that might be looking for an interesting book to pick up. So, yeah, and if you read that stuff, let us know if you like it. And, uh, yeah, we'll be interested to hear from you regardless of whether it's about the books, whether it's about stuff we've talked about, or whether it's just your general thoughts on the show, the upcoming show. Yeah, well, if you have any questions, let us know. Shoot us an email. That's, that's great. Yeah. We'd love to talk, so giving us a chance to talk even more, we're all for it. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. So uh, I'm going to plug in our social media stuff here. You can listen to that, get a hold of us. So we'll do that now. Hey, Godlings. If you'd like to find out more about us or send feedback of any kind, you can do so by going to freakinggeeks.com or sending us an email at freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can also go out into the Twitterverse where we're at American Gods Pod. We're also on Facebook for the American Gods Podcast. Or you could subscribe to us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks. All right, everyone. Looks like that's it for us this week. Uh, next week, we'll be doing another chapter by chapter. We'll do another profile and we'll talk a little bit more about American Gods. Until then, have a good week and we'll see you next time. See you next time, darlings.